Hello and welcome to our Gulfstream All-Turf Pick 3 show for Saturday, December 30th here as we get through the end of the year or get near to the end of the year. We're going back to back with shows for the 30th and then a special New Year's Eve content as well. If you don't know, the All-Turf Pick 3, new bet from Gulfstream, $3 minimum, 15% takeout. We're hoping it's raining down there today. We're recording this on Friday. I there's a good chance they're going to be back on the turf. However, if they're not on the turf, just so you know, this bet still goes. What it'll be is it'll be on the same three races, which on Saturday is going to be the 7th, the 8th, and the 11th, uh, except that the, you just use, if any of those races get moved to the, to the synthetic, then that is the contest that the bet will continue on, but it will run one way or another. Good card. We've got the turf stake we're going to talk about. There's also the Harlan's Holiday on dirt. Definitely worth paying into, paying attention to on your last Saturday of the year. Uh, did I introduce myself? I don't think I did. Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you from my father's old office once again in Port Washington on Long Island. Right after the show, going to be zipping up to Saratoga for a few days, which should be fun. Get a chance to uh, breathe some mountain air, etc. And joining me, a man who's already in those climbs. You know him from these pick three shows we do and uh, so many other places on the network. He's Jonathan Kinchin. What's up, JK? PTF, what's going on? Yeah, I'm up here. Uh, up here, it's a little bit overcast, but uh, we've been over here fighting off the funk, the family funk over here <laughs> with some, some, Ill, some holiday illness, but uh, we're rallying uh, like a tremendous machine. <laughs> so you know how it goes mm. dealing with much the same i have a new old man condition too jk that just reared its ugly head as of yesterday you ever have or in your athletic days deal with anybody with bone spurs i've heard of it i've heard of it yeah i think my grandmother had them one time <laughs> that's about right and uh i don't know what's going on but there is this very intense pain in the back of my heel but i i'm exercising nonetheless i'm just sticking my foot in a bucket of ice before and after and testing the human body's uh, capacity to consume ibuprofen. But hopefully we'll be getting to the doctor and getting that sorted out soon because there's no snow up there in Saratoga. So I was thinking it might be nice to get some uh, get some running on the streets of one of my favorite towns in America to run in. Right. It's uh, no snow yet. No, not yet. It's just just a little cold rain, cold rain. So. I can brave that. We have, we have layers and uh, we're not made of sugar, so we're not too worried about that. I will be hopefully doing some dreaming of the sunshine tomorrow, though, while watching these races from Gulfstream Park, assuming, again, that uh, what's hit them today dries up. It is supposed to. We're going to kick off with race number seven on the card. It's an allowance race going five furlongs on the turf, and I thought there was a strong press in this race. And knowing you and how you typically handicap turf sprints, I have to say my association with you has brought me many, many lengths forward as a turf sprint handicapper. I have a feeling you have the same hard A press in this spot. Who do you like to light this candle on the 30th at Gulfstream? Yeah, I mean, it's it's at it, it, Gulfstream Park, if you can find a horse that has the best early pace figures and the best overall figure, to me, turf sprinting going five, it's an automatic single because it, that tells me two things. One, tells me I'm going to be in that forward position that I need to be in, that I'm going to be forward. They can't really go too fast for me um, because I'm the fastest early, so I get to dictate. The second part about it is, is my final time suggests that although I can go that fast, I can still finish the race 
in a time that earns me the fastest final figure in the field. That's a slam dunk for me. I will always take those opportunities. I'm going to single A, the four cruising man. I will use the six uh, Richie as a B. I don't love his last race particularly, but I do feel like there's a couple of back races that if this horse can kind of find, then that could be a little bit troublesome. That March 23rd, or I saw that March 18th of 2023 was pretty interesting, that race. And if somehow off of this break since July, if, if they show back up, they could be a little sneaky and they're drawn outside of the horse I think is going to win. So I'll go single A with the four and a single B with the six. I'm only going to play the four cruising man in horizontals for all the reasons you said, I will not uh, relitigate that case. I may also play a cold four, three exacta with number three. When I get to heaven, who did have trouble in the common race with cruising man and has that form that ties in closely. I, I think that horse would have done a little bit better late on without some of that trouble throughout the run. I don't think he's going to be able to beat Cruising man, but I do want a little bit of 4-3, and maybe I'll look at a little bit of 4-6 as well in terms of exact as in this spot. But as far as this all-turf pick three goes, we will, or I will live and die with Cruising man. JK will take a little bit of scratch and put it on the six-runner Richie as well. Interesting situation here in this all-turf pick three where you also have an option of playing an all-turf double between race seven that we just talked about and race number eight, the Swanee River, great reaction for fillies and mares going a mile on the turf. Might give you an opportunity to play some tricks or, or work on doing some uh, some fun stuff, uh, trying to leverage the, the double pool versus the, the pick three pool here. If you're so inclined to trying to look to find leverage in these spots. Uh, but as far as race number eight goes, we have a runner who... I'm pretty sure his cross entered on Sunday, if I'm remembering that right. I'm not, funny enough, I'm not seeing that on Timeform US, which usually says that, which makes me think maybe I got the name wrong or something. But I thought Accomplished Girl was cross entered, but this is the spot I really like her in. 10 to 1 on the morning line, I thought could be interesting um, off of a pace angle, going farther, but looks to be loose on Timeform US. And I like the fact that she ran so well going the unusual six and a half configuration at Kentucky Downs. That's another one of those, a little bit like the downhill at Santa Anita, where I see the form from those six and a half races uh, dovetailing kind of nicely with, with horses that can get a mile. This horse has run well before when, when loose. Oh, the blood is the other reason why I think this horse shouldn't have much problem getting a mile. Certainly not a single, but an A for me, maybe an interesting A at a price with the six accomplished girl, the four, Full count Felicia just looked super obvious as the favorite in terms of figures and form going out for hot connections. I have nothing clever to say about that one. But another one I might mention to use at a price is the two runner Poca Mucha for Bill Mott. Horses have been running well and just looked to me like one whose numbers weren't too far behind the rest of these 12 to 1 on the morning line. Didn't seem uh, too far out of it. I didn't have rated way behind the best of these. And I do think you're going to get a nice price with the two, Polka Mucha. So those were the main three for me, six, four, and two. How do you see it? Yeah, this is a, this is a pretty straightforward sequence for me. I have that strong opinion in the first leg. I'm going to single in the last leg. So, you know, look, basically ditto to most of the things you said. I'm going to use the one, two, four, six, seven, and nine. 
uh, the two favorites, the nine uh, and the four, they don't necessarily, they're not like full standouts to me. I think they're going to take money, but I think they're beatable. So this is a race I want to spread in. And I think I can afford to do that because of my single in the last leg. I don't have a whole lot to add on race eight. Um, Obviously I'm using like six horses. No top pick, no grading A's and B's, just survive in advance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I suppose, you know, the one that I would probably consider as a top pick would be like the six accomplished girl. I think there's some value there. or Maybe even the seven, Willa, Willa Kia. Those two um, would be the considerations for top picks. But, I mean, like I said, it's a wide open spot. In reality, the way you're going to play it, probably not going to matter. But I will list those picks in that order for those who are following along with their In The Money Plus coverage. You, you, you do get some extra shows and things within The Money Plus, but you know we always reiterate, that's it's not like a tout service. It's just a convenience, right? You get extra content. You get little digests of all the picks. And you do get our full Derby and Breeders' Cup coverage if you're interested. Most importantly, really, I think it's a way to support us and allow us to bring more people into the fold, get you some more opinions here, pay, pay people, etc., if you're interested in supporting all those causes, oh, keeping the website ad-free, that's huge. As we all know, some websites we could name that are just absolutely unvisitable because of all the obnoxious pop-up ads that come up. That's available to us, too. And I've looked at the money that we make from it, and it's not insignificant. But I don't want to do that to you people. Sign up for Plus and help keep all that extra content free in themoneypodcast.com slash plus. And after that little glimpse into how the sausage is made, we'll hop ahead. To race number 11, there is that uh, grade three stake, the Harlan's Holiday in race number 10 that folks are going to want to take a look at. Uh, interesting 11 runner field in that one. We'll send you over to our guys covering Gulfstream Daily on the website, Chris Couples and John Pinder. You can get your thoughts from them. I think Nick Tamara will probably have some stuff through our friends over at uh, Twin Spires as well. But we're here to talk nightcap, and that's race 11, the grade two Fort Lauderdale. We're going a mile and an eighth. We've got 10 horses. JK, who gets the win? Yeah, I, I really am interested uh, in the upside and the value here of singling the seven Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a horse that um, uh, I, I talked about it before this summer, um, you know, spending a, a few mornings out at Chad Brown's barn and and the attention he was giving this horse because he, he's a very studdish type. Um, but he's got a lot of talent. We've seen some of the runs that he's had. He, you know, he would take him out. He gives him his best rider. He takes him out different times, goes out by himself. Chad follows the horse all the way to the track, like really kind of a project because he is very studdish. And the funny thing about it is, is that he's, he was a runoff in one of his races. Uh, where he, he just very, very, uh, very hard to contain. And now what you see, which I think is very interesting, is he's cutting back and adding blinkers, which I thought was in uh, getting a rider that that Chad never uses. Now, that could be this could be an indication of a complete throwaway, right? Like, I can't figure this horse out. Irad, go ahead and take the other mount you want. I'll put Johnny on. Let's put blinkers on. Let's see if we can't figure this horse out for later in the year. But also, if you think about it, maybe just maybe this horse without a doubt has the best stamina in the field. So why not just put the blinkers on, put one of the greatest front end forward riders in the history of the game on him, and just let him rip out there at Gulfstream park and roll around there. And while the rest of them are getting a little bit tired, he'll be three in front. I don't know. That's the way I'm going to play it. I'm going to single stone agent here and see if I can't get cute. I like it. I mean, there's also the ground, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like, um, 
the, 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 the yielding certainly didn't do him any favors. I mean, you made a great point about him just getting studdish and pulling and running off. I mean, if you didn't know that, that it wasn't the case, you would have thought he was a damn rabbit for Bolshoi ballet in the, in the sword dancer. That's how, that's how weirdly he decided to run early. And then the last race, I mean, was a debacle in the Hirsch, but you know, maybe the ground was, was a factor getting back onto, there may be a little bit of cut, but I mean, he's certainly run well enough on good best run. I think that would, that would move him up. Don't you think? I mean, that, that to me, that moves him up. A little cut moves him up. Maybe the yielding was just too much, but you like him on the good. I just think that his BC turf on firm is the run that like le- leaps off the page to me. and makes me think this horse maybe just wants firm ground. The yielding in the soft is not why he got beat at Saratoga and, and Belmont at Aqueduct, right? He got beat because he just ran like crap and he didn't pick up his feet and he was rank and he was being ridiculous all the way around there. Um, you know, he spent the majority of his career uh, overseas as a Galileo out of an Irish bred mare. Like it just seems like Gulfstream's version of soft turf is not going to be a problem for him. That's no, just, I mean, I you know what I mean? Yep. I agree. It, it, the kind of turf that would be a problem for him at Gulfstream, they won't be running on the turf. I, I like the horse. I mean, I think he makes sense. I, I did not want to commit to making him my top pick. Certainly uh, the stable mate makes, uh, makes a lot of sense running B. It'll be interesting to see tactically what they decide to do there. I was also maybe a little bit interested to take a shot with a horse like main event in this spot who time form has loose. Now I don't think that's probably tactically how it's going to play out, but I do think this is a horse that's going to be up in the Vanguard and, and have an opportunity. And I think will be a big enough price. So I was going to just kind of mess around four, seven and nine. I felt like I was tight enough elsewhere that I could get away with being a little bit, a little bit spready here, but you are stone cold to stone age. Yes. Stone cold to stone age. Yeah. And look, if you get alive to something, you get alive to a nice little okay score or something. You can, you can always in that last leg, there's two things that the last there's, there's two, there's the thing that the last leg offers and the thing that the first leg offers in terms of being aggressive with your single. If you're aggressive with your single in the first leg, you can come back and play the next wager, right? You can play the pick three, the double, the pick four, the pick five, whatever it might be. If you single in the last leg, your, your move there is to the horses that you would have used as B horses. You can then do some things with those horses. If you can get alive to that horse, right now, look, if I get alive to Stone Age, I, you know, let's say, I don't know, I, I'm one by six by one, right? So I'm looking at like an $18 investment as a base, right? Yep. If I get if I get alive to Stone Age for $38, then who gives a damn? Just let it, just play it. You don't need to, you don't, you don't, it's like you don't even really need to have the saver on the other horse. Let that be your wager. But if you somehow you're, you're alive for, for $380 off of an $18 wager because you hit a 27 to one shot in the middle. Now you're in a position where, oh, let me protect some of this equity that I've earned and let me cover the three horses that I do think can also win. But if you're only alive for 38 bucks, then like, did you need to be protected? So right. why waste the money on it? If it's your, why waste the money on protecting yourself? If you're not, if it's not even going to be worth it. I think that's a good point. Now, a lot of times what I'll do in this spot with a different kind of a press than stone age is look to the exacta to hedge, the old exacta as place from the Mike Maloney book, where you would then in theory, in my case, consider taking the four nine and playing them over the seven and exacta stone age, not a horse I would do that with because he's too much to me of a win or run out type to me. Stone age is either going to get his act together, show his form, come up with something akin to that breeder's cup run and bury them. 
or something's going to go wrong again. He's going to be thinking about something other. He's going to be thinking about the, the filly he saw on the way over or whatever it is. And he's going to run fifth and, you know, not one that I would use in that particular configuration. But that's that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of logic I like to use when trying to put together these what I would call constructive hedges as opposed to cowardly is strong, but you know what I'm saying, the sort of weaker hedges, defensive, defensive, much better word, the defensive hedges you see people do. You buy, you buy that logic? Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. It, um, you know, we've talked about that before. My brain struggles with second place. It just, that's just the way I learned the game. It's the way I fell in love with the game. I fell in love with the game as a, as a, as a pick player, not an exact player. Um, so it's not that I don't have the, 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 the club in my bag. It's just the club of comfort is is who's going to win. Yeah. Um, so I always defer to that. Well, I think in this case, with a, with a with a winner run out type like Stone Age, I think that's the the much healthier way to approach it. Just wanted to throw out that idea. That's what we're going to do for this Saturday show, JK. We're going to thank you one more time. We're going to thank our friends at First Racing, Aiden Butler, uh, Peter Rotundo, the whole team down there, Greg, and the team down at Gulfstream Park. So fun putting these shows together. We'll be back with another one. I'm probably going to be lazy, honestly, and drop that Sunday show right after this. So you're going to see these right quick. Keep listening. If you want more info for Sunday, this show has been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos.